Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Yo, Packer fans, what is going on? And welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. And you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can also find our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And you can find us on Facebook. And make sure to check out our website, uh, WiscoSportsTrilogy.com. Um, our podcasts are posted there. Our blog posts are posted there when we get them up. Um, I know Tyler will have one coming out in the coming days for the Brewers. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, the Bucks Trilogy Podcast and the Brewers Trilogy Podcast, because the Bucks are really getting into the swing of the season now, and the Brewers just made a big offseason announcement. So make sure you check up the next week's podcast, because I'm sure Tyler and I will talk about that. But on the Packers Trilogy Podcast, we are going to talk a little bit about kind of our thoughts now that we had a whole week of no Packer football to watch and really talk about what we saw in the beginning part of the season. And then we're going to do our normal uh, preview. So we're going to do what they need to do in this game to beat the 49ers, um, stats of the matchup, and then we are going to predict the game. So before we get into all of that, how are you boys doing? I'm doing well. I am glad last week is over. That was so slow with only two Bucks games, no Packer game. Ugh, like you mentioned, it felt like an eternity. Um, so I am excited to be talking some Packers football again today. And there's no better way to come out of the bye week than probably the most important matchup of the entire season uh, ahead of us. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I just spent the last half hour building the chair that I'm sitting in. So if you hear a big bang, um, I didn't put it together right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope we hear that bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Over or under 50% that he's going to break his chair during this podcast. <laughs> well, knowing Scott, it's probably held together by uh, rubber glue and duct tape, so I'm going to say over. <laughs> Masking tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> All right, let's let's talk some Packers. So let's go into our thoughts from the bye week. Um, something that you guys thought of during the bye week um, can be Packers related, doesn't have to be. Yeah, the first thing I thought about was just wow, how did we get in this position? I mean, the Packers coming into the season had to hire a brand new coach, and we were all pretty excited about it. I think the Matt LaFleur signing caught us all off guard. Um, I personally was looking for Josh McDaniels to be hired, but I am more than happy with what LaFleur has brought to the table, the way he's commanded this team, um, and of Aaron Rodgers as well, because we spent all offseason trying to figure out if he was going to buy in and um, if extending the plays with Rodgers has been good at his entire career, if that was going to be an issue. Um, but no, he's checking the ball down, and, def- and definitely LaFleur has control of the locker room, um, which is important for a guy of his age when you know Aaron Rodgers is almost uh, equal in age with him. So I'm happy with that. And then we also have our free agent signings, obviously have worked out in our favor, the Smith brothers, quote-unquote. Um, So, again, that was another uncertainty. You never know what you're going to get in free agency. So those guys are most definitely going to set career highs in sacks and other statistical categories. And then we also have had success in the draft as well. I mean, Jenkins and Savage went healthy. Well, Jenkins didn't start the beginning of the year, but they've started a lot of games for us, and their play has been phenomenal. So, I mean, that's what you kind of need to win to win in the NFL consistently, you got to hit on, you know, at least one or two of those things every year. And the Packers, well, hopefully shouldn't be switching coaches, but they've hit on three categories. And I think that really contributes to the success that they're having so far this year. Yeah. And I, I think you're right to a point, Tyler. Um, obviously they hit on Matt LaFleur. Um, I am still kind of surprised. Um, we haven't seen a lot of, kind of the things we were promised we've seen bits and pieces like Tyler and I have mentioned throughout this season like we notice when Lafleur is <clears throat> does one action and then comes back to the same action the next play or the next drive and but it's a different play um, we've noticed some of that but I just felt like there was going to be more like tight end leak plays um, and things like that so I'm hoping to see a little bit more out of that Darnell Savage was very good early. Um, it seems like he's coming down a little bit since then. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Elton Jenkins is playing unreal. Um, and I will get to Rashawn Gary. But first, Scott, why don't you talk about your point? Uh, yeah, mine isn't really Packers related because it's all that I was hearing about the last week. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had another uh, workout. He's trying to make his comeback for the 100th time. Um, I swear this guy's going to be like 65 trying to host workouts, and he's going to be like, no one's signing me because I'm, I'm too uh, outspoken. It's like, no, it's because you haven't played in... 500 years so it's getting annoying but I'm very comfortable knowing that the Packers are not ever going to sign him so that's cool I I get where you're coming from but you can't tell me that he is 
worse than some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Like, yeah, like who? Um, I don't know. Jared Goff is pretty awful. Mitch Trubisky's pretty awful. Um, at Jared Goff yeah. this year, I guess. Um, at least those guys are still kind of young. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Kaepernick has an element to his game that those players just don't, though. Like, Trubisky is athletic, but he is not Kaepernick athletic. Granted, who knows what kind of shape he's in and if he still has that. But I don't know. I mean, I think some of the bottom teams in the league, the Bengals, the Dolphins, those types of teams, I don't think it would hurt that much um, because they really don't have young quarterbacks that they're looking to the future for. Um, I mean, the Dolphins have Josh Rosen, but they benched him for Fitzpatrick. But then you're like, well, if this guy's actually good and that's the reason you're signing him, why would you do that at this point when you're trying to get a good pick in the draft? So I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. I heard two teams are interested. Now, we don't know how interested they are, but We'll see where that goes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a contract somewhere. I also would not be surprised at all if he never plays in the league again. Um, it should be interesting. I think Denver is a place that he could go to with Brandon Allen there because that defense is good and John Elway is constantly delusional. So I wouldn't be surprised if he <laughs> goes and gets him. You don't think Denver would rather uh, have a Tim Tebow reunion? <laughs> He's 32 also. <laughs> uh, I have more confidence that Colin Kaepernick has stayed in shape than Tim Tebow. Um, all right, I'm done with Kaepernick. That is the most we're ever going to talk about him on so this podcast. So the league. Okay, fair. <laughs> um. My thought on the bye week has really come up in the later part of the week over the weekend, um, and then early this week I've see, been seeing some stuff and more talk about Rashawn Gary. I have thought he needs to play more. Um, I get Kyler Fackrell is having a decent year. Obviously it's not his 10-sack season of last year. And Preston Zadarius are unreal and have played great so far um Zadarius is taking on double teams now very consistently still getting pressure on the quarterback now he didn't get a sack um in the last game against the Panthers but I believe it was like yet PFF said 13 pressures or something unreal like that um so if he keeps doing that he's gonna get some sacks here pretty soon again um and then because he's being double teamed, you have to leave Preston alone on an island against a right or left tackle. It really doesn't matter. He is going to make get some plays off of that. But I do think they can have all three out on the field at the same time, whether Gary is on the inside or Zadarius. Um, I also think that that will help those two guys stay fresh, stay healthy during the postseason, during this stretch run of the season. Um, I think that rotation on the defensive line, outside linebackers, is very important. And I would just like to see Rashawn Gary as 
that guy more often. And Pro Football Focus tweeted out, and I tweeted out on our podcast Twitter handle, at Trilogy underscore pod, um, and quote tweeted it. And I am just really excited and hopefully get to see him out on the field more because PFF did this thing where they looked at biggest overall grade improvements from the first five games compared to the most recent five games this season on the defensive side of the ball specifically. So the fifth best is Kyler Fackrell plus 14.6. Again, good. I still think he needs to be on the field, but I also think Rashawn Gary needs to be on the field even more. Dean Lowry's fourth at plus 15.1. Zadarius is plus 16.3, which is ridiculous because he's been good all year. He somehow has gotten better in the last five. Montrevious Adams, 25.8. And Rashawn Gary, plus 27.3. And now I know a lot of people will say, well, that's because he didn't play at all well in the beginning of the year. Um, I thought he has played pretty well all year. Obviously, as a rookie, you're not going to be able to contribute a lot early on. And he just didn't play a lot early on as well, um, even more so than now. But that is a great jump, and as a rookie, you want to see that. You want to see him get better throughout the year, and he has unequivocally done that, and I think he deserves some more playing time um, on Sundays because he has improved. He is a good run-stopping outside linebacker. You can put him You can put him multiple places, and I just feel like you need to get him out there and get him the reps in – Live action against number one offensive lineman and let him figure out the pass rush thing. We've known he needs to work on that since his times in Michigan. And I just think no better time than now. And it helps keep Zadarius and Preston fresh for the remainder of the year. Do you guys have anything else by week thoughts? Any arguments to what I just said? Nah, thank God the the bye week's over. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And yeah, no, Rashawn Gary's grew on me a little bit as the season has gone on. Um, I'm not ready to call by any means his what twelfth round pick a flop. Um, but yeah, he I would agree he deserves some more playing time. It's just a matter of you know how to get him out there because we've seen him stagger like one of the Smiths and Gary on the same side, usually on third down. Um, but, you know, before that, before the third down, like, how do you get him out there? Because you need some big run-stopping bodies in the middle. So, I don't know. It's a good problem to have. I just don't anticipate, or I don't figure the Bru- or the Packers, excuse me, wow, <laughs> uh, expected the Smith brothers to be this good, which I think is cutting into Gary's playing time. <laughs> uh, I, I would disagree with that. I think if you look at the contracts, the Packers expected these two to be that good. Um, but... Like I said, rotation is huge on the defensive front, whether it's defensive line or outside linebackers. And the thing is, is Rashawn Gary can play both. Um, So you say you want big run-stuffing defensive linemen, but having those big run-stuffing defensive linemen hasn't done much in terms of the run defense this year. So why not put Rashawn Gary out there, who is an absolute athlete, probably one of the best on the team honestly like for especially for his size he is just unreal in terms of what he can do athletically so i just feel like him 
being able to be on the field more is going to be good for this defense as a whole. And I do think he's going to be able to stop the run because that's what he was good at in Michigan. Even getting double and triple teamed consistently in college, that was something he was very good at. So I I just don't understand why we don't see him more often um, and not just on third down pass rush situations where him and the Smiths are out there. I love that, but I feel like he needs to be out there in different situations more often. Scott, do you have anything on Rashad? Well, that's actually a good segue to my what we need to do to win this week. Um, hopefully, Rashawn gets some more playing time. Uh, seeing as we're going to be going up against a very uh, run-heavy team in the 49ers. Um, so according to teamrankings.com, they run the football just under 51% of the time, which makes them the second lowest passing percentage team in the league. Now, if you have been paying attention to our Packers this season, we're not too great against the run. Um, what what we've been ranking at is 25th in the league and allow about 127 yards per game. So that's, that's my key to the game. Not necessarily that Rashad needs to play more um i think he would be helpful on the field to help stop that uh three-headed monster they've got going for the 49ers but um just locking down if if you know that just over half the amount of plays are going to be rushes hopefully we can get that pressure um, on the inside it seems to be a big issue but if we can get that pressure um and shut down that run early. I think that will be huge for us. Granted, Jimmy Garoppolo's not not uh, scrub, but um, they've been tearing up teams with their run run game. Yeah, Scott, you're right. And in particular for this matchup, like Shanahan versus Lafleur, the the 49ers are going to run the ball in some unique ways and run some cool plays. So. Everyone on the defensive side is going to have to be very disciplined this week because if you think you can go out and make a play and they bait you into something, all of a sudden we're going to give up a huge potentially touchdown to the 49ers. So um, that'll be really fun to watch, um, see uh, how with an extra week of game planning the Packers come out and respond to someone that they should know pretty familiar seeing how LaFleur has uh, based a lot of his principles off him as well. Um, but my key to the game actually flips over to the other side of the ball, and I put my key simply as Aaron Rodgers. And I don't mean that in the sense that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and you know hold the ball long or not play well. I think it's just because this 49ers defense is they're pretty dang good. Through the first eight games of the year, they didn't give up 20 points at or higher at all. And then the last three weeks, they've given up 25, 27, and 26. So some could say they're slipping a little, but they're dealing with injuries. D Ford doesn't sound like it's going to be a go for this game. Quan Alexander, their middle linebacker, was just placed on injured reserve not too long ago. So they're battling through some of those things, but their corners are pretty good. Obviously, they have Richard Sherman, who we're all familiar with from Seattle, and then Quan Williams is the other guy opposite of him. 
And you take a look at their passer ratings uh, when targeted. Richard Sherman opposing quarterbacks have a 50.8 passer rating in 51 targets, and Quan Williams has a 61.3 rating in 42 targets. So, I mean, you combine two really good corners with a pretty good studly defensive line and linebackers who are very agile and can do lots of different things. I mean, Rodgers is going to have his hands full because the 49ers are not going to be afraid to send blitzes from corners, from safeties, blitzing linebackers all the time. And I think that's really how they've generated a lot of turnovers, in particular to interceptions this year, Um, because they've only given up 10 touchdown passes all year while generating 11 interceptions. So that's, that's pretty damn good. Uh, from the turnover standpoint and then also to factor into that they are the best team in the NFL in allowing passing yards so they allow the least amount so Aaron Rodgers is definitely be my key to the game and how he responds to you know one of the more elite defenses that we've faced this season yeah so I'm gonna back up to Scott's point and I'm gonna just want to make some counterpoints to your guys's statements um so looking at DVOA for the San Francisco's run offense. Um, now, I I kind of thought the same thing as Scott. Like, that's something they really need to focus on and be able to stop because they are a run-heavy team. And Kyle Shanahan has been that since he's called plays in this league. Um I mean, you look at what he created in Atlanta with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Those are good players, but they haven't been like that since since Kyle Shanahan was there. So he is very good at, even with, you know, average to slightly below average backs, like, or maybe even slightly above in the Atlanta case, they are... He is extremely good at creating rush offense, but their rush offense DVOA is not very good. Um, It's currently ranked 21st in the league, um, which is kind of surprising. But then you go back, and this is kind of my argument to Tyler's point, is especially early in the year, they didn't play anyone. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to take anything away because their defense is very good. Their front four is unreal. Their front seven really is unreal. And then because their front seven is so unreal, that makes it a lot easier on their back end. Um, And I do do think they're extremely talented, especially on defense. Um, I think they can make some plays on offense. But I think what we remember is how great they were early on and how dominating they were. But they really didn't play a lot of people. So if you go through, they played the Bucks, the Bengals, Steelers. That was when Mason Rudolph was just starting, but Big Ben went down early, and that was week three that they played them. Um, and then they played the Browns, the Rams, the Redskins, the Panthers, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals in the last three weeks. And outside of the Cardinals, Seahawks, or really the last four games, which they did put a beating on the Panthers, which was pretty impressive. But they won by three points against the Cardinals a few weeks ago. They lost in overtime to the Seahawks. They could have won that game. Seattle also could have won that in regulation. Um, And then they won by 10, but it really wasn't that close. It was a lot closer throughout the game 
against the Cardinals again this past week. And like I said, they gave up 25, 27, and 26. So teams that are pretty good, they haven't fared as well against outside of the Panthers. The Rams haven't really been good this year, and they did not look good against the Bears, even though they got the win. Um, the Browns have been very inconsistent, and especially early in the year, they were they were just not good. So, yes, they are a very talented team. Their defense is immensely talented, but they they have to prove. And I think this kind of run, starting with the Seahawks, they lost that game. Then the Cardinals played them really tight up until the end. Now they got the Packers, then they have the Ravens in Baltimore, then they have they go to New Orleans to play the Saints, and then they have Falcons at home, Rams at home, and then they go to Seattle to end the year. That is a gauntlet, and that is really going to tell us what this team is. Um, and that's going to be more important down the line in the playoffs, but I do think that they're a bit... I don't want to say overrated. I just think their schedule made them look extremely dominant, and I'm interested to see what they need to do or what they're going to do um, down the stretch when they play a very good, very tough schedule. My thing that we need to do is just pressure Jimmy Garoppolo, and a lot of that is going to be having to stop in the run because – you stop the run and or you get ahead early, which you hope because Matt LaFleur should have a good game plan and hopefully they jump out early. But I think if that happens and they are forced to throw the ball 40 times and Zadarius and Preston and Rashawn Gary and Fackrell and Kenny Clark and all those guys can go pin their ears back and just go get Jimmy, he is prone to throw the ball up. He is prone to interceptions, even though he is a good quarterback, but he just throws a lot of interceptions. That's kind of who he is at this point. Um, So I think if you get in his face, whether you get the sack or you force him into bad decisions, I think that is very important for this defense. Um, And you got to give Aaron Rodgers all the possessions you can against this defense. I know I just said they haven't played anyone, but they are still a really talented team and I do think you have to give Aaron Rodgers in this offense every opportunity you can because, like I said, they are extremely talented. So let's go to our stats portion of the show. Tyler, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I just wanted to point out uh, the points for and points against numbers for each team. So the Packers are currently ninth in the NFL in points for, scoring 25 points a game, and they are giving up 20.5 points a game, which is good enough for 14th in the NFL. The 49ers are currently second in points for, with 29.5 a game, and then their defense is second in the NFL in points against, only giving up 15.5 per game. So that's kind of a five-point difference on the points for and points against spectrum uh, in both directions for the Packers uh, when comparing to the 49ers. So, um, you know, as run heavy as we say this 49ers offense is, I mean, it's working. 29.5 points a game is no slouch of an offense. So as much of a Jimmy Garoppolo believer I am not, um, this offense finds ways to get it get it done and they're backed up by a good defense um you know 
you can kind of make the argument, like Trevor said, on who they've played, but it sets up to be a really good game, and I'm excited. Yeah, um, mine kind of bases off of Tyler's. Uh, my stat was number two. Um, the 49ers ranked number two in points per game, as Tyler said, in points allowed per game. They're second. Um, <laughs> we rush- the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also second in rushing yards per game, which I spoke on earlier, at uh, 149, and then rushing, or not rushing, yards allowed per game. They're second at 284, whereas the Packers there are 28th at 402.5. So... Um, they're second in the league in quite a few things. If you expand that number to seven, they're also seventh in total yards per game, just under 400, and then seventh in turnover differential with uh, positive five. So they don't have a ton of weak spots here. Um, if you want to call this a weak spot, it's more like an average spot. You look at passing yards per game. Um, where they're 18th at 250 yards per game um, through the air. But that's also because they are going to run more often than pass. So, um, yeah, that's um, it, it's a strong team. And, yeah, Trevor does bring up a good point about them having kind of a softer schedule so far. And they do have kind of a gauntlet coming up, but we're the first team of that gauntlet, so whatever happens after us doesn't really matter. Um, It's until the playoffs, obviously, but um, right now they're a team that's feeling hot. They got a ton of momentum. Um, They got all the confidence in the world, and they're out to prove something, so there's nothing more dangerous than a team like that. Yeah, I would agree. And I think part of that pass yards per game is they run the ball a lot. And that's because, especially early on in the year, they were just blowing teams out. Um, so they're running a lot in the fourth quarter. I mean, they beat the Browns 31-3. to They beat the Panthers 51-13. to So they've blown out some teams. And I think that can kind of sway the stats a little bit. But it should be interesting. Um, I think it's... Not that I'm going to monitor it all that closely, but I think it's something to watch coming up um, because at this point the Packers have an extremely high likelihood of making the playoffs. It's all about seeding at this point. Um, But it'll be interesting looking forward if they meet in the postseason kind of what these numbers have changed to in terms of their points per game, um, their rush yards per game, all the stuff that you guys just talked about. And then also their DVOA stats, which I will get into. It's just, I think it'll be interesting, especially after, like Scott said, this gauntlet that they're going to have to go through in the last six games. I mean, their easiest game is the Falcons, who suddenly look like a real football team. Um, We'll see if they do in December, because, I don't know, Matt Ryan in December, I don't know about that, but we will see. Let's get into the DVOA stats. Offensively, the 49ers are ranked 16th. Packers are 5th. And for as much as we say the offense has not put a full game together, they have been pretty damn good, according to Football Outsiders. 
Um, defensively, this is where it flips here. So the 49ers are ranked second in the league per DVOA, and the Packers are 18th. Um, so I feel like that feels right for the Packers. Obviously, the 49ers are an elite uh, crew on defense, but I feel like that feels right. The Packers are should be in that kind of average-ish range, slightly below, because they do give up a shit ton of yards. They're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of yards per game. But what keeps them out of the 20s, I think, is their their red zone and situational defense. Special teams, I think this might be the first time all year that we win the special teams battle per DVOA. 49ers are 16th, Packers are 14th, so we're a top half team on special teams. Let's go. Um, don't remember the last time we could say that. Um, and then overall, DVOA, 49ers are 5th. Um, last week they were 2nd overall, so they dropped a little bit. Um, and then the Packers are ninth this week. Last week they were 8th, they dropped a little bit with the bye, not playing. Teams must have jumped them in the standings for that. The next thing I want to quickly look at is defensive line DVOA, specifically for the 49ers. Um, and the reason I wanted to look at this is because that defensive line has gotten all the credit in the world, and rightfully so. They are amazing. But I just wanted to kind of see where they rank in terms of different metrics from Football Outsiders. So Football Outsiders has an adjusted line yards stat, and basically that's how, how much push an offense or a defensive line is getting and how much they're moving the line of scrimmage. Um, top team in the league defensively. Excuse me. I have the wrong thing up, I think. That's great. This is great radio. <laughs> Top team in the league <laughs> has an adjusted line yards of 2.86. And the San Francisco 49ers are at 4.29. And that's good for 18th in the league. Um, just for comparison, the Packers are still 32nd. I think I talked about this a week or two ago um, at 5.29 or, or 2.4, excuse me. Um, so San Francisco is average against the run um, in terms of getting a push. And so if the Packers offensive line are able to get a push, that's going to help out Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams a lot. Um, one thing that's interesting, though, they are very, very, very good at stopping power runs. So those short yardage runs um, – you know, third and two, third and goal from the three, from the one. They're very good at stuffing those. Um, they're actually first in the league. They allow a 47% win rate on those such plays, um, which which is very impressive. They're very good at stopping those short yardage situations. Those are not easy to stop. And then the other thing which really brings down their other ranks, I think, is their second level yards and open field yards. So this is basically looking at when running backs get to the second level or in the open field. Second level is five to ten yards from the line of scrimmage. 
Um, and open field yards are when the running backs are 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. So this is after that beginning part of the play has happened, when teams are in that situation, the 49ers are not good at stopping them from there. Um, they're 26th and second level yards and 22nd in open field yards. So basically, if you get through the line of scrimmage, they're not great stopping the run. So basically, you get to the secondary, you get to the second level, it's it's good for your offense. And with Aaron Jones, I think that could be a very likely place to kind of pick on this team and really be able to slow their pass rush down because if you rush at them, they're going to have to think twice about pinning their ears back. So staying ahead of the chains, not having stupid, stupid, stupid pre-snap penalties um, is going to be important in this one. And then pass. So their pass rush um, is very good. Ranked first in the league, 39 sacks on this season, an adjusted sack rate of 11.8. Um, and the next team is 9.5%. And then everyone else is very close. Like the third team is 9.4, 8.9, 8.6. So there's not as big of a jump, but there is a big jump from second to first. And that's because San Francisco is very good at getting to the quarterback. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. And I think Aaron Jones can be the kind of, and Jamal Williams for that matter, be able to slow that pass rush down a little bit. Let's get to game prediction. Scott, what do you got? All right, I got uh, 35 to 20 49ers win. Uh, I think that the Packers are going to struggle against their defense, honestly. I also think that we're just we're going to start kind of cold off the bye week. I hate to say it, but I think we're just going to come out cold off the bye week and just not be able to recover in time. That's a good point, Scott. Uh, I also predicted the Packers to lose as well, 24-21, I think it'll be. And I was going with the bye week thing as well. But then also remember how flat the Packers came out against the Chargers in Los Angeles, traveling out on the West Coast. And now you got to go to San Francisco after the bye week, sit around all day and play a Sunday night game. Uh I, I don't have confidence in that, so I'm going to think the West Coast curse continues, and it's a three-point loss. All right. Um, I So first, the Packers kind of did something out of the ordinary for the Chargers game. They left on Friday um, instead of the normal Saturday, and the Packers are going back to Saturday this week, so trying to keep it a little bit normal for the guys. So hopefully that helps. Um I actually think LaFleur has a great game plan. I think Mike, Mike Pettin early looks really good because of the bye week, because of the self-scout. I think they look very good early, jump out to a huge lead um, in the first half. Let's say 21 nothing at halftime. Um, and then the talent of the 49ers is going to kind of come out and it's going to remind you of that Vikings game, but the Packers are going to be able to put some points on the board on the, in the second half. Um, I'm thinking 31-28 Packers win. Well, All right. Okay. All right, boys. Do we got anything else? 
I do no. not. I'm ready for football. <laughs> yes, it's finally back. Finish yes. the second half strong. I agree, and they're going to start with the 49ers on Sunday night football. In case you didn't know, um, the NFL did flex that to Sunday night, so that'll be a good good treat for us Sunday night. Um, hopefully the Packers don't do what Tyler and Scott said and come out kind of cold off the bye. Hopefully the game plan is great. Um, a lot of maybe adjustments that LaFleur and Pettin made. Because of the self-scout, hopefully all that stuff happens and they're able to jump out big early um, and come away with a victory because this could be huge. I think they have to win one of two between the 49ers and the Vikings, and I think they do that. They win the NFC North, and they're in the driver's seat for at least a first-round buy in the playoffs. So until we recap this game and hopefully another Packers win um, on Monday morning. Go Pack Go. Go Pack. GPG. GPG.